the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. So I had the opportunity yesterday afternoon after the show to catch up with a a longtime friend and uh, colleague who I've represented in the past uh, engaged in a major retail operation. And I was speaking with her about the challenges of operating this retail uh, operation, uh, an online and physical uh, store during COVID. Uh, They've done quite well, which is good. But they're running into a problem that a lot of businesses are running into, personnel shortages. They've not had to close, but they have to reduce their hours at one point. They're located in a rural area, so they don't have a ton of people to draw from. It's not like a major metropolitan area, but we're in a major metropolitan area. Do you see help wanted signs out and about? You see help wanted signs everywhere. So I react a little bit differently when I see and hear our government officials uh, talking about shortages in our hospital and medical fields. I mean, to me, this is not a surprise, and it's not driven by COVID. Not wholly driven by COVID, anyway. Mike DeWine this morning held a press conference uh, in which, you know, typical get vaccinated, get boosted, get masked, and get distant, all that stuff. But he says today he's he's deploying 1,050 National Guard members at hospitals across the state. Heavy concentration of Guard members in hospitals in Cleveland, Akron, and Worcester. Northeast Ohio is experiencing right now high test numbers. And since the pandemic began, it's like every time we hear from health people, and, you know, this morning there's an editorial in the dispatch from uh, the CEOs of some other, you know, major local hospitals, Lorraine Lutton, President and CEO of Mount Carmel, Steve Markovich, President and CEO of Ohio Health, Tim Robinson, CEO of Nationwide Children's, Andrew Thomas, Ohio State Wexner Medical Center. They all say the same thing. Surge is coming. We've got to cancel other procedures. We're already at or near capacity. And then, of course, they say, you know, it's the, va- it's the unvaccinated, blah, 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 blah. Okay, so if every business out there is having hiring problems. Why would hospitals be any different? Like, particularly when you require people who work at hospitals to be vaccinated and pretty much 40% of the population is skeptical of vaccines. I say 40% because 40% of the people are unvaccinated. If you're unvaccinated at this point, it's not that you haven't had the time to get vaccinated. It's not that you haven't had an availability of a vaccine. It's that you just are skeptical for whatever reason you're entitled to. Well, if 40% of the people are skeptical of vaccines, 
doesn't it stand to reason that a significant percentage of medical workers would be skeptical of the vaccine? It might not be 40%, because, of course, you can argue, and I wouldn't dispute, that people who work in healthcare would be highly sensitized to the danger of a virus. They understand viruses. They've been around patients who've had the virus. They've seen other people go through it. They don't want to go through it themselves. I will allow that there are a big portion of medical workers with personal knowledge who would be more deeply committed to getting vaccinated than somebody who works as a welder or an insurance salesman or a realtor or a lawyer, whatever. They're not around patients suffering, dying of COVID. I get that. But I don't think you can say 100% of healthcare workers see how people suffer from COVID or see how people navigate COVID and they're all vaccinated. Of course, that's not possible. Not when 40% of the population doesn't want to be vaccinated. A portion of people who work in the medical field aren't going to want to be vaccinated. And when you tell them you can't work here unless you get vaccinated, they're going to say, okay, because that's when their preoccupation, deep understanding of their own health kicks in and they say, all right, my health, my belief in what I need to do for my health tells me that it's not worth My job's not worth it. Maybe they can find a job in private. It's not like there aren't jobs out there. Might not be what they've trained to do, but it might be a decision they make with deep personal conviction. So I don't look at this hospital crisis that Mike DeWine says he's going to mitigate with a 1,000 guard members. And that seems like a, a pretty prudent response to me. There are going to be people in the National Guard who can be who are nurses, maybe who are doctors. I get it. That's fine. Great. Find them. They pledge to serve when they're in the Ohio National Guard, so they should serve. And some of the jobs in hospitals that are, they're having trouble filling are jobs that other Guard members can do. They can wash laundry. They can make meals. They can serve meals in rooms. Okay, good. I have no problem with the governor doing this. He did not announce any new restrictions today, which we can't because the legislature would smack him down. And Mike DeWine has to be careful now because we're getting awfully close to the May primary. He faces a two-pronged challenge in the May primary. He faces a challenge from Jim Renacci, and he faces a challenge from Joe Blystone. Now, DeWine will win if both Blystone and Renacci stay in the race. I don't think Renacci can beat DeWine because Blystone is going to pull, I think Blystone will probably pull 15% of the vote, maybe 10% of the vote. It's a big chunk. It's a big chunk. So DeWine's going to win. But if DeWine keeps getting things he wants to do refuted by, rebuked by, and rejected by, the Ohio General Assembly, that doesn't look good. That doesn't look good for him. So he's got to be careful what he says and what he does. So fine, put the put the National Guard in the hospitals. That's okay. But to me, for people in the healthcare industry to think they're immune, mm-hmm. word of the day, from the same kind of employment challenges that people in retail are, people in the food service industry are, why? Why would you be immune for that? Because a lot of those businesses, if they have less than 100 employees, they're not requiring people to get vaccinated. It's not like if you tell a nurse, 
you got to be vaccinated or you can't work here. That that nurse can't go anywhere else and work. She might go into at-home health care where there might be somebody really glad to have an around-the-clock. She might even make more. So hiring is an issue for a lot of businesses. I don't fully understand it. I do fully understand supply chain issues because so many supply chain issues, we can't get this, we can't get that. It's not that they can't get the physical item. They can get the item. How many parts are part of that item? A lot, right? Like I was talking to this friend of mine yesterday, and one of the things that they sell at their retail location are lamps. They got plenty of lamps. You know what they don't have? They don't have the little fitting thingamajig that goes in the top of the lamp that makes the light. Because it's made one factory in, you know, Pakistan or someplace, and they can't get that thingamajig to the factory where they make the lamp. So, there you go. Can't get the stuff. This is the problem with shutting down every place during the pandemic. You shut down 100% of manufacturing. Some of those people are going to go somewhere else, get other jobs. Some of those people are not going to come back to the job market. And inevitably, there are going to be hiccups and halts and delays in ramping back up to the point where everything's working like it was pre-pandemic. So I'm not surprised we have shortages in hospitals. We've got shortages everywhere. These are things that would have been smart to think through before we did what we did. But, of course, we had to, we had to, but it's, first of all, we had to slow the spread by flattening the curve. Now we're in day 600 plus where nobody can test positive. We've, we've gone to a situation where the people in power have adopted a zero COVID goal. And you're never going to attain zero COVID. Never. Never, 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 never. Speaking of never, that is how many times I will listen to an upcoming... Well, I can't promise you that. I may listen to it once just for yucks and show content. Not for yucks, like intentional yucks. For yucks at how ridiculous it is. A new podcast is coming out. Starring a comedian I've never heard of. That's not surprising. Jordan Klepper. Never heard of Jordan Klepper. Probably a good reason. He's worked on The Daily Show under John Stewart and Trevor Noah since 2014. Uh, he and I don't hang in the same circles. Um, his videos feature a satirical criticism of people who oppose COVID-19 vaccine mandates and peddle debunked claims of election fraud. Ah, Haley B. Miller back at it, ladies and gentlemen, in the Columbus Dispatch, dropping her loaded invectives at Republicans. She says this uh, comedian, alleged comedian, also interviewed people at the January 6th insurrection. (laughs) Man, Haley, you are some kind of dishonest broker, girlfriend. So at any rate, why why am I talking to you and saying I'll never listen to this podcast with a comedian I've never heard of? Because he's going to partner with a comedian you have heard of, John Kasich. And John Kasich's not a comedian, Bruce. He's a politician. Mm. (laughs) You sure about that? 
it's pretty funny that he portrays himself as a conservative Republican, is it not? Yeah. Joke's on us, though. Uh, the former Ohio governor will launch a new series with comedian Jordan Klepper next year, dubbed Kasich and Klepper. Wow. I don't long take him to brainstorm that. Uh, Kasich said, our goal is to provide a unique perspective on important issues facing us all. And perhaps we don't take ourselves too seriously. We'll give listeners something to think about and perhaps laugh about. Lofty goal from the former governor and former alleged Republican and current Joe Biden supporter. I wonder if John took the Biden-Harris sticker off his vehicle. Doubt it. Doubt it. I wonder what people inside those vehicles think still having that Biden-Harris sticker on there vehicles. It seems to me the Biden-Harris sticker, if you bought one of those, you should get a bonus gift one year into the presidency, which said, you could put this right next to that sticker. Yes, so all this is in part at least my fault. One of the oft-repeated lies told about Donald Trump is that he said that the neo-Nazis and white supremacists in Charlottesville, Virginia, were very fine people. Uh, it has been debunked many, 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 many times. Hasn't stopped Democrats from saying what's well, a lie many times. And just this morning at the historically black college, South Carolina State University, the President Joe Biden lying in public about Charlottesville and Donald Trump one more time. See banners screeching most anti-Semitic and anti-black rhetoric in history. Hundreds and hundreds of them. And when asked, the guy who had this job before, when asked what he thought about it, he said, well, there's some very good people there. Hell, very good people. They're racist. They're fascist. And folks, Ah, okay. So, uh, you would expect Sean Hannity to debunk that. You would expect uh, Tucker Carlson to debunk that. What about Jake Tapper? Jake Tapper, CNN. In the past, on the topic of Joe Biden saying, lying, that Donald Trump said Charlottesville was the result of very fine people. Here's uh, from the archives, Jake Tapper. Uh, Let's uh, play some of the sound uh, of President Trump uh, back in 2017 saying he had said today that he answered the question uh, perfectly. Uh, Let's take a listen. They showed up in Charlottesville to protest. And you had some very bad people in that group. But you also had people that were very fine people on both sides. Now, elsewhere in those remarks, the president did condemn neo-Nazis and white supremacists. So he's not saying that the neo-Nazis and white supremacists are very fine people, but he is saying people protesting alongside those neo-Nazis and white supremacists are very fine people. Uh, ah, let's, uh, place- truth teller, Jake Tapper. Hmm. Truth is inconvenient. Two Democrats, not just Joe Biden, but also to Nancy Pelosi and to Chuck Schumer and to all the Democrats in the Senate, they are back at it demonizing the Senate parliamentarian 
Her name is Elizabeth, Elizabeth McDonough-Hugh. Uh, actually, McDonough. Elizabeth McDonough. And they're mad at her today because they've given her one, two, three chances to say that, yeah, it's okay if you put immigration reform in a spending bill. You can pass that by reconciliation. It won't add any more to the national debt. You don't have to do it the right way, getting Republican support. You can just phony baloney it through. That's what they want her to do. That's what they wanted her to do the first time when she said no. That's what they wanted her to do the second time when she said no. And yesterday they asked again. She said, shockingly, no again. She says doing it this way would create a new class of six and a half million eligible individuals for government aid. Nearly the same number of people as the previous two plans. So if she said no to them, she's going to say and did say no to this. Now, this is a problem for Democrats because this is part of the inelegantly and uh, inauthentically named Build Back Better bill, (laughs) better known as the Break America Forever bill. And they got this passed in the House because the left-leaning House demonstrated by AOC, Corey Bush, Rashida Tlaib, Ilhan Omar, they sold them the tax cuts, which, you know, they hate rich people getting a tax cut. They sold them the tax cuts in the build, I have to almost throw up when I say it, build back better bill, the BBB. They sold them the tax cuts in the bill by saying, don't worry, don't worry, we're going to finance immigration reform. Two. Now the Senate parliamentarian says, oh, no, you're not. I'm not going to smile on the immigration reform. It can't be in the bill. So now the House lefties voted for the bill because of something in the bill that's not going to be in the bill. Think they'll take that well? I think they'll take that very well. I think they're, they have shown, de- demonstrated many times that when they don't get their way, they take it very well. Eh, provided that, you know. Rolling around on the floor, kicking and screaming is uh, what you consider very well. Now, as we finish a Friday edition of the Bruce Woolley Show, I have a ton of compassion for a woman named Brenda Johnson. And I want you to think of Brenda, and I want you to think of other people in the city who have been directly impacted by the murder of a loved one during the holidays. During During the year, imagine how you'd have to process that during the holidays. Brenda Johnson is grieving still. Grief's terrible. Grief doesn't fight fair. You hear a song. You have a memory. You take in a smell. It reminds you of the person who's gone. That's in the best of circumstances where the person dies, and it's not because somebody else murdered them. It's just because something happened. The grief stinks. And Brenda Johnson, not knowing who murdered her son more than a year ago in October of 2020, shot. At a gas station, that's happened a lot, drove to another gas station hoping to get help, collapsed, died. She is not doing nothing. She is plastering the hilltop with pictures of her son, James Johnson, so that the hope is other people will see his picture, remember him, and recognize that someone loved him enough to go to this length 
to remind people of who he was and how he died. So I wish her well. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.